1: Welcome to BCP Unfiltered. I want to start off with a little bit of optimism, much-needed optimism, courtesy of Tommy Robinson from Across the Pond, and I do appreciate his optimism and his faith in America and in America fighting the fight for the world. Now, admittedly, I've been a little bit more pessimistic or I like to say realistic or the last week could be that I'm frustrated. I'm a human being because of my, once again, uh, injustice against me on YouTube being suspended for eight days because I reported on actual data from the government. And of course frustrated that even though I was very, very, uh, had very little optimism, but a little optimism that finally we're getting our day in court over the fraud in Arizona. We got our teeth kicked in yet again. So I appreciate this optimism from Tommy Robinson.
0: Hello, America. I want to take this opportunity to wish you all a happy Christmas, which has already passed, so I'm late, but happy new year. And I've watched, I've watched anxiously from the United Kingdom, what's happening in the United States. I can imagine, and I believe I know because I felt your pain in 2020 when your election was stolen, and recently in Arizona with Carrie Lakes, I know how you're feeling. I can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you what we can't do. We cannot, and you cannot, let apathy become a weapon for them. We have no option but to fight. We are at war. Believe that. It's a different kind of war. It's a war of information. And all of us have been under attack, and I know more than anyone, when you feel bombarded, as you probably feel now, when you feel defeated at times, in those times, when you feel that there's not much more you can do, think of the previous generations that went before you. Think of the Civil War in the United States. Think of those soldiers. Think how they felt at that time. I think all I have to do, whenever I feel sorry for myself, or I feel defeated and I I start feeling that way, I think of Normandy. And then I slap myself and think that our position is far easier than any other generation that have fought before us for freedom. We're in a battle for freedom. We do not have a choice. And America, we beg you because we look to you for inspiration. We watch what's happening there. As you know, as you fight, because the battle will be won in the United States. We do not take a break because I take a break at times. Take a break. Refresh yourself. Regain your energy and come back in that new year fighting. Come back in that new year fighting for freedom like you've never fought before because the world is relying on you. The battle will be won in America. It will be won. That's why I always look to the United States. I always look at what's happening there. The battle will be won there. So we're relying on you and know that when you're fighting, there are millions like me in the United Kingdom who are sending our love and thinking of you and standing next to you and beside you the whole way through it. So, God bless. I hope you all have a blessed new year. I hope you'll stay safe and at the same time, spare a thought for those January 6th protesters who will be remembered in history. In history, what has happened to them will be looked upon, spoken upon. All of this will. We all have a part to play. God bless you all. All right, so let's get into
1: the latest when it comes uh, to Arizona. Uh, The great news from yesterday was that the Maricopa County judge, Peter Thompson, has uh, denied... Uh, Katie Hobbs and Mark Elias's ridiculous motion for attorney fees and sanctions in Carrie Lake's lawsuit. Uh, let me uh, show this uh, to you. This as 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 of yesterday, uh, Honorable Peter A. Thompson, Clerk of the Court in the Carrie Lake versus uh, Katie Hobbs, pending before this court are Maricopa County defendants' motion for sanctions and application for attorneys' fees. Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs' applications for attorney fees and expenses. Governor-elect Katie Hobbs' partial attorney fees application, uh, yada, yada, yada. Defendants each seek an award of their attorney fees and expenses pursuant to Arizona revised statuses which mandate this court to make such an award if it finds that the plaintiff has brought this action, quote, without substantial justification. Okay? So the uh, Katie Hobbs market lies. People are saying, hey, they need to reimburse our fees because They brought up this uh, case that has no substantial justification. All right. Remember, baseless claims, uh, uh, otherwise known as baseless claims. Now, even though uh, Thompson here is obviously a tool of the deep state, at least, I don't know if this is any of a win, but at least he didn't pour salt on the wound by also making Carrie Lake. Pay the attorney fees for Katie Hobbs in defense. Uh, Although eight of the plaintiff's claims were dismissed as a matter of law, two claims did survive and proceeded to trial. Granting a hearing on these claims was a question of law applied to facts and not a benevolent, a benevolent act. As a result of the hearing required in the law, plaintiff's allegations that survived dismissal were subject to factual and legal scrutiny and ultimately found by this court as failing to meet the clear and convincing evidence standard under Arizona's revised statutes. So what Judge Thompson is saying is, look, we didn't didn't hear eight of the ten, but two of them did go to trial, and even though Carrie Lake and her, uh, you know, didn't prevail... It was based on factual merit that it even went to trial, so therefore, it, it doesn't meet the standard that uh, that there was some sort of uh, uh, that it, it meets the standard, and therefore it was it wasn't without substantial justification. And then we can just cut to the uh, uh, case. The court finds that plaintiffs' claims presented in this litigation were not groundless and brought in bad faith under a. Arizona revised statutes. Therefore, it is ordered denying defense's motion for attorney fees and sanctions. And then there's other things that uh, were conceded in there that had to do with uh, Katie Hobbs and, and, and the cost of, uh, of of some of these uh, things, not having to do with Carrie Lake. So the judge, even though he says, oh, there was no nothing to see here, turns out, says, hey, look, you're not going to get attorney fees. This went to trial on merit.
0: We've t-
1: The Cary Lake people didn't win, but it doesn't mean that there wasn't uh, a legal basis for the trial. All right, folks, uh, check this out. We got this uh, today. Maricopa County Elections Director Scott Jared was coached by attorneys there at MC Tech after day one of Cary Lake's trial where he uh, essentially changed his testimony. So the gateway uh, pundit obtained footage of a meeting in the Maricopa County tabulation room between Maricopa County Elections Director Scott Jarrett and defendants' attorneys after day one of the Lake v. Hobbs election trial. Isn't that interesting? Footage of the nearly three-hour meeting was obtained from the Maricopa County Tabulation and Election Center, MC Tech, live cameras on the recorder's webpage. Attorney Joseph LaRue appears to be sitting across from Scott Jarrett and coaching him on what to say when called to the stand the next day. It is unclear who the other individuals are. So there we go. We've got video evidence of coaching right there in the uh, MC Tech. Thought you might find that interesting. All right, folks. Let's get into what the expert witness, Clay uh, Parikh, uh, said to... Uh, on this uh, podcast, uh, some pretty good stuff uh, here. It was a very long podcast, but I want to show you uh, a couple things having to do with the malicious intent from these paper ballots. And also there was a whole bunch of other evidence and things that we didn't get to see. One of the biggest things, I I thought one of the biggest parts of this that should have been explored more, of course, time constraint was given on purpose by design, but the whole chain of custody issue Shows malintent. Oh, and also, since we're talking about uh, this entire flip-flopping uh, of what uh, Jarrett uh, Scott had to say, excuse me, Scott Jarrett had to say. Also, that small little revelation of oh yeah, it wasn't just in 2022 that we had these issues. We had them the last two times as well in the primaries and in 2020. Let's get into this once again. Uh, this is the expert witness. Uh, Mr. Clay Parikh, he was on the um, on the uh, Badlands uh, and Brian Lupo from Gateway Pundits uh, CanCon podcast. Some very interesting things from a man who was part of this entire thing. You know, an expert witness on our side who saw a lot more than what he could present in those cramped two days. Once again, he couldn't present anything. He was an expert witness called on to testify. But man, there is a lot more that could have and should have been exposed to the public. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado,
2: let me go ahead and bring on my guest, Mr. Clay Parikh. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. A little disappointed. Can't believe it. Disappoint is an an
1: understatement. Obviously, I'm very disappointed as well. Uh, You heard my rant from the other day, just if we can't open court, we show the fraud and they still say nothing to see here as we see it in front of our face. He was there and he was an expert witness. So it probably hurt him even more. Well, maybe not. It hurt us all because we are tired of these stolen elections. Anyway, I digress.
2: So Clay, let's jump into your testimony. I don't even know where to start. You covered uh, quite a bit in the testimony. I've been listening to it off and on today as well to get caught up. And the the basis of your Testimony is that you were one of the individuals that was afforded the opportunity to go to Maricopa and inspect the the physical uh, ballots there. Why don't you tell us about that experience and and what it was that you found in doing that? All right, I got selected because in my declaration I had discovered things, and and I told the attorneys there is more than just a spotty ballot printer issue, and two they inappropriately. To the public and in the meetings and everything they gave, they it, it was not accurate. It wasn't a toner issue at first, and, and, and it was actually a tray weight setting for, for the heat of the fusers. And then the solution they gave made no sense because, believe me, I, I'm a computer science guy. I know programming. And, and to say that you had to adjust two other trays that the ballast didn't run through in order to get the heat right. That From a mechanical perspective, that makes no, no sense from a programming perspective, no sense. And then then I saw when I saw the one graphic, I was in a Zoom, meeting, but um, it, I saw a picture and I said, hey, I've got to have that because it was that side by side of the ballot. And to me, that just jumped out. And I said, there's no way that that can happen. It, 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 there's, well, there's two ways. And I gave both those ways. You, you either have two different ballot definitions for the same ballot, which is illegal, right? And, and that would be part of it being controlled from the application or OS level. And then the other one was, is you have the printer settings override the print job and, and have it mucked that way. And so, and to me, I knew from nine years of testing, that's going to cause a ballot to be rejected. And then I saw, yep, there it is. I mean, that just screamed at me. I saw it right off the bat. I've shown peer proof of that. And they, they really can't tell the difference. And I've seen more than that one. And, um, and, and to me, that was just an issue. And then another text affidavit where he said, oh, he had a paper jam, but when he opened up the tabulator, there was no paper. Hey, if you're expecting a 20-inch ballot, right, and then something comes through and you read it and it's 19 inches, whoa, wait, there's still another inch there. Oh. What, what would a normal system do? Oh, I have a paper jam. Let me, the print. you know, the tabulator is going to throw that paper jam. You open it up and guess what? No paper. Hmm, how's that? It's because you've got a 19-inch image on a 20-inch sheet of paper. In other words,
1: it was all by design. It was all by design on election day so that literally it was voter suppression of Republican votes. But folks, of course, the big issue here, the overarching issue is they had rules, they had regulations, they had laws and procedures, they weren't followed. And these laws and regulations and procedures are there so that we have safe and secure elections. If they aren't followed, therefore, the elections aren't safe and secure, and those ballots shouldn't even count. And that has been really our contention, right? Our legal contention is, look, fine. Don't believe in the conspiracy theories. But let's talk about the facts. Rules and regulation and procedures were not followed. Therefore, these ballots are not valid. Regardless of what side you're on, you should be on the side in that the rules must be followed.
2: And they were not. And I don't know if you read my declaration, but but the thing was, was, I wrote about the chain of custody in there. And there were a lot more things... That were outside of the technical issue with the printer that 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 was in violation because here's the thing they they have these accessible voting devices that were there the icx's mm-hmm. that you go they have their own printer their manual says to use those in emergency they they deliberately disregarded their manuals and procedures
1: of course those manuals and procedures were disregarded by design and on purpose And one of the biggest violations, obviously, was the whole chain of custody. If you don't have chain of custody and chain of custody documentation, then that ballot is is invalid and spoiled. Of course, unless you're a Marxist, then every ballot, especially those for uh, Katie Hobbs or in the case of 2020, Joe Biden, of course, every ballot must count. Anyway, chain of custody. One of the biggest issues that wasn't properly explored or
2: questioned or brought to light in the sham trial from last week. And to me, that was it. And, and there were. And I wrote it and, and I got to be honest, Kurt even asked me when he read it in the declaration. He said, hey, when well, this one instance at this voting center, you say the most severe violation was the chain of custody because you had a poll worker who had her hand receipt taken from her. Right. Which is supposed to be her copy. And then, two, she saw them breaking a seal on one of the trucks in the parking lot. Why are you doing it when it's in the middle of transport? Why are the security seals broken? And then you heard Heather. They couldn't provide all the documentation they're supposed to as far as chain of custody. The pure fact of the of the documentation missing is a violation.
1: Violations do not matter when it comes to stealing elections. That's the bottom line, folks. The bottom line that we're seeing in Arizona is that it doesn't matter that rules were broken, doesn't matter in Wisconsin, doesn't matter in, in Nevada, doesn't matter in Fulton County, anywhere in Georgia, boxes coming from underneath in 2020. It doesn't matter. You are conspiracy theorists for even believing that the laws and the rules should be. Uh, followed and the prescribed consequence of breaking those rules should be followed. This is pure evil, folks. Pure evil. And I love Tommy Robinson's optimism at the beginning of this episode. But with these things continuing to happen, I'm not optimistic that we'll ever, at least in the short term, have free and fair elections again. Once again, there's no consequence. And when they actually do have a trial, it's a dog and pony show. And even though we see all the fraud and them not following the rules, that's okay. You don't have to follow the rules.
2: That's what they're telling us. Runbeck had copies, their copies. Guess what? From a chain of custody perspective? Yeah, that's their copies and they counted it. But if the county doesn't request a copy or make their own. It's still a, it's still a, it's a break in the chain of custody because a third party outside the organization, one of your contractors. Oh, believe me, right. We could be here all day if I went over the stuff that I did not have time to cover. And, and, and I know it seemed like we were strangled and only get the two counts and it really restricted us. But honestly, for the time limit they had, if they would have kept any more, we just did not. There was so much evidence and so many things we could have covered that we just couldn't. And that's sort of where a lot of the stuff that I wanted to get out, we really couldn't because you know they selected me to do the ballot inspection because I knew what I was looking for. And I, I-
1: Yeah, he knew exactly what he was looking for. If you watched the episode before the trial came and I introduced that Mr. Clay Perique would be one of the expert witnesses, we were excited because they now had an expert, an expert not just in the technology, but in the technology specific to voting machines and tabulators that didn't matter. Let me just show you the last two, I think, interesting points that he brought up uh, during the first part of his discussion uh, on this podcast. Just an insight to what was going on and why, once again, we should have been celebrating a win for uh, free, fair elections in Arizona, as opposed to just another big, fat disappointment.
2: You initially say, oh, we've never had this happen before. Remember Gates in front of the cameras and one of the reporters asked him and he said, well, we've never had this before, so we don't know. Oh, really? You know, and, and I know, you know, hey, lessons learned. You do the all this stuff. You did all that. And then you don't follow your rules. You don't do that. And then you say, oh, we've had this before. But, you know, we're just now doing root cause analysis to figure out what causes it. So what? So you can prevent it from happening in 2024 or something? I don't know. It's just, it's just, It's a bold-faced lie. That's all it was. You know, it was intentional. And and to go in to a password-protected device, go down to the administrative level and make changes, those weren't done by accident. You know, you had to intentionally change the setting. If you're troubleshooting, you intentionally change it because you want to see this. You don't accidentally change anything. And here's the thing. By changing those settings and breaking the configuration of the tested and system, right? then guess what? You violated your statute and your law. And why does
1: this keep happening? Tell me if the conclusion that Mr. Parikh says here doesn't sound oddly familiar from what I've been saying in this episode and what I've been saying since 2020. If there are no consequences for these evil deeds, the evil deeds will continue
2: because they're not supposed to manipulate. And so are these tea texts are, are they being dragged into jail?
1: Nope. You know? Yeah. Nope. They're not being dragged into jail. And when they are put on trial, it's a kangaroo court. It's a dog and pony show. And it's a more of the same old same old. All right, folks, we'll be back with more episodes and more reporting Stay tuned. Chow goodbye, God bless and have a happy new year.
2: Gotta give us what we want. Uh, Gotta give us what we need
0: Hey Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We, we got, got to fight the powers say. that be
1: Fight the power.